This week, I am joined by Phil. Hello, all. And Tyler. The world ended and we're feeling fine. Exactly. Uh, Before we get started, we do have a uh, quick little something-something to say. Tyler, I'll let you take over. Yeah, so this is just a quick apology and... I guess not a mea culpa, because it would just be me, but like an us a culpa. Of last week we were covering um Ezra's situation, and while we still broadly speaking, I think we broadly were like, these allegations are really serious at the very least. Uh we weren't as careful with Ezra's pronouns as we should have been. They go by they them. And even if you think someone's a criminal, that's not a negotiable bit for it. And we should have done better. We're going to continue to do so. If this upset you that we, like, were worried about that, I I don't know. Get a hobby. Like, yeah. just just go to therapy. If, this, if that angers you that much, that we're just like, someone wants a modicum of respect, just get, a, get therapy if that's what you want. But yeah. that's done, and that's, I think, the last we're going to say on that particular front on it. Perfect. Thank you so much, Tyler. All right, guys, yes. we have a Appreciate very, very jam-packed show. We're going to obviously go through the usual uh, read, watch, play segment where we just, uh, you know, shoot the shit. But then on the second half of the show, we're going to be chatting, you know, on, on the week that PlayStation VR 2 comes out. I think it would be really neat and cool to talk about VR um, and then we're, we can delve into meta and, you know, discuss, is it a fad? You know, technically we can probably answer that with one word very quickly right now, but uh, we're going to get to <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, we can end this episode real fast. Right? Right? And, 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 and Tyler, this is no different from what you and I have been saying for the eight years that we've been doing this show. But doesn't the fact that we've been saying it or believing it for so long and it's not gone away mean that it's not a fad in a way? Well, no. Like, that's no. that's like saying that's no, because I know, but I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Yeah. All right. Like, oh, my it, God. We're not even is, five is, minutes in you two. <laughs> I was going to say, let's do the chat. Yes. Let's do yes. the chat and then we'll get into this. I know that. Okay, so I've been getting a lot of positive reviews from listeners. So again, thank you to everyone who's been listening, whether you're coming from the It's Canon feed or the SNME patron feed. And honestly, 
all the feedback has been great. Thank you guys so much. Uh, they get a kick out of the three of us just going at it, apparently. Uh, they get a kick out of me trying to uh, uh, subdue the two of you half the time. Um, but, and in uh, this corner, it's Phil. Palpatine Phil. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, much. this is why we can't actually go on a Twitch stream, is because our stream will just be filled with the gif of let them fight. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Video. You have me rolling my eyes at the two of you half the time. You have Tyler giving the look, just waiting to interject, and then Phil's just being Phil, which I love every <laughs> second of it. Hey, it, it makes for a fun dynamic. This is the thing. We're all friends, and we all right. know we? that no, we are. it's nothing personal. Like it, It's just geek therapy, geek debate, like, well, or whatever debate. It's healthy. It's, it's what I have said about this show, right? This show, for me, and the original idea, uh, especially when we were comic bases, is, is three guys going to their local comic book shop and shooting the shit, right? Like, let's be honest. Comic people don't ever have debates, right, guys? Like, and that's <coughs> the thing, right? Like, it comes down to that. But again, I love it. Love the two of you, for the most part. And uh, obviously, I love our weekly chats because... Something that a lot of people don't realize is the fact that, by and large, we talk about other stuff, you know, as we're playing these shows, right? Uh, but we typically leave discussions on major geek stuff, what we're watching, what we're playing, what we're reading, uh, and our topic de jour. We kind of stay away from that uh, as we plan the shows. So this is like our, you know, 60 to 90 minutes of the week where we actually talk about this stuff. Oh, my God. God, guys, it's uh, it's been a beautiful day here. I was actually in my earlier uh, BAM weekly podcast with Matt. We were talking about, like, the weather because, you know, we have nothing better to talk about nowadays. And today was such a beautiful day. Like, you know when you're in the middle of the winter and it's just like everything, you hate everything, the cold just bothers you. And I'm not saying that it's a spring day today. It is only two degrees, still relatively cold. But it was that nice refreshing air where you can tell that change is a coming in the in the season at least here in southern here ontario. in southern ontario where it matters tyler I, i'm reading tyler's face and tyler's like we're done <laughs> it's plus 12 here yeah oh okay good yeah <laughs> I, I thought that was chancy no it was pouring rain though even my my dog went outside today and he was like no none of that <laughs> Amazing. I'm gonna poop in the corner. Wanted, oh, what do you have in there, Tyler? Is that a nice vino? No, this is our home. I this is an IPA I finished last week. Nice, mm. nice. It's um, every what I have said and what everyone else who's tasted has said. Like, I've had I've had far worse from like major brewers, but it's not a great IPA. You know, but that's the thing, right? Setting your expectations, especially with homebrews, right? If you set your expectations, you can have a blast with your homebrews. You can experiment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we, All right, we have, a, we have a thyme and cherry cider that's fantastic. Ooh, so that sounds like. good. Cause you have some good stuff, but you gotta this one give was it just the like, time of day. It is called the time bomb. So close. <laughs> God wow. damn it, Tyler. T H Y M E bomb. Cause it's cause the cherry comes in the back end. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. like look, look, look. <laughs> that's look, amazing. All right, Tyler, 
I've got your attention, so how's your week been? What's going on in the life of Tyler? How you feeling? You sound better than you did last week. I mean, this is the thing I've been saying a lot, is it's once it's warm, I feel so much better. But we went down to Halifax to see a play on Saturday. Ten minutes outside of the city, we get a text. Ah, play's canceled. Oh, my God. Play's canceled. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So we haven't, we haven't been down in the city in ages. So we walked around. We went to the boardroom, which is a board game cafe, and we popped in and saw stuff there. We went just kind of shopping and around. We remembered what it's like to be in in a place that has things. Um, and it was a good time, but it was cold, and as a result, I felt like shit. I slept fourteen hours that night, twelve hours last night. So like, it did a number. But now that it's warm and I've slept, I feel great. Yeah. Have, you, have either of you seen Quantumania yet? Yes, I have. I have not. Oh, it's... I saw it opening night. Um, I'm in a very small town, so, like, the fact that there were six <laughs> people in the theater at four o'clock... Wow. Not a problem. No one's worried. But it was just like, this is perfect. This great is what man. I want. So... And yeah, it's... Let's talk about that movie now, because uh, yeah. this is that segment for it. So I went on Thursday at three p. Yeah, three p.m. Three p.m. It started. Perfect. It was myself, the person whom I was with, and I want to say, maybe, four other people in the theater. Wow. I guess uh, Avatar Two was a sweat box. <laughs> but also, <laughs> let's talk about how good John Majors looks. Okay. Number one, can't wait for Creed. John Majors is going to have an excellent first quarter of 2023. Uh, <laughs> he, he destroyed that movie in the best way possible. Well, considering he is signed on, I was I looked at a contract, he signed on for the next two Avengers movies. One of which is the end of phase. He, so he signed on till the end of phase six. Yep. Yeah. And He's based the new upon Thanos. Those, and based upon those, well, that's two phases. And yep. one of them is Kang Dynasty, which is the end of phase five. And then we also wow. get him in Secret Wars. Yep. Oh. Yep. And based upon that mid credits, but oh my god, like he was as a big as a big man. Yeah. He was a beefcake. Yeah. He was big in Lovecraft Country, and he was like, what if I threw another 30 pounds of muscle on here? I know, right? And it's like, oh. That was a yeah, great show. See, that's that. a show that HBO, I wish they didn't give up on, but I get it. It it happens, but uh, you know what? If that show was still going on, we probably wouldn't be seeing him as much right now in other better projects. I mean, I think that, yeah, I think a big part of it was he was fantastic in that show, mm-hmm. and that's how we got a lot of this. Did you ever and watch you that? Time, right? Yeah, I did. I watched it with you guys on the show here. Yeah, I, it was not at all in my comfort zone for a show, but I enjoyed it. I I enjoyed the episodes. I thought that there were some episodes that really lacked. Yeah, but was- other ones were on point. Right, like the the main storyline was compelling. It's just they ventured off the beaten track a little bit too much for my taste. But you know. That's all. It, it was also based expert, on an anthology, and the anthology mm-hmm. was a little bit uneven. Yeah, exactly. So I figured it's probably something like that, but 
that probably made for the decision to be easier by HBO, but at the same rate, I've seen better. I've, I think that was one of the better shows to come out, especially around the pandemic. That was, yeah. that was truly entertaining. So, and unique. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so Ant-Man, uh, grosses, uh, what, what are we seeing here? $104 million debut in the States. If I remember right, it made like three something worldwide, something like that. This is off the top of my head. It's not bad. They were targeting, they were targeting 95. So, yep. For the U.S. domestic. So, one four is not bad. One yeah, four. it's not bad at all. Tyler, what, what did you think of it? Like, uh, let's try to keep this a little spoiler free. Uh, overall, what were your thoughts on the movie? So, I mean, overall, it was like, it was pretty good. You know, it's that phenomenon we keep talking about of like, even most of the not great Marvel movies, it's it's better than a lot of other action movies out there, right? Mm -hmm. Of it's, you know, it's not Banshees of Innershin, but like, <laughs> it's solid. Like, it's a good movie. If you're going to just want to have popcorn and feel good about yourself. We, I think we are starting to come up against the problem again of does death mean anything? And I thought, I thought some people were gonna die in this movie that didn't. Same. I thought so too. I one hundred percent thought so too. There were a couple of contracts up for negotiation, and I was like, if I were in charge. Yeah. <laughs> and I also felt like they could have kept the ending a little more open. And again, it, it, you know, for for contract reasons, I felt like it could have been kept a little open uh but uh they kind of just wanted to put everything in a neat little package which is fine it was a decision now well, go ahead do we know that what's her name who plays cassie has she been confirmed for two more movies or is that just because there's the rumor she's gonna be one of the young avengers or the new avengers whatever they decide to call them in the mcu yeah but they're very obviously setting up for that 100 percent uh but i don't know if i don't yeah i'm not sure how much she's been signed to it yeah. doesn't sound like she has a long-term deal she's really good i'd be really excited to see her next to like the mcu kate bishop and or like the mcu kamala khan could also be super fun i know feige was talking a lot about how like I read an interview and he was like, apropos of nothing, he was like, by the way, super excited for Kamala Khan stuff. And people are like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> we were asking about Quantumania. Is she in Quantumania? He's like, no. Right. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, Catherine Newton, she's a great actress, right? Uh, she was yeah. on that Netflix show, The Society. Uh, Pokemon Detective is probably what a lot of people recognize. That's her what I, blockers. oh my gosh. Yep. 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 Great, great. I still great. haven't seen Pokemon Detective. It's a that is worth movie. the watch. Very worth it. Yeah, it. I don't hate it. I don't hate the idea. I've tried to watch it a few times. Oh, I just never yeah, had the gumption to see it We're through. not jumping on you. <laughs> I love it. It it's it's like also like a, it'd be a really good like Sunday afternoon watch. Yes. Mm -hmm. But if you're yeah. in your feelings, like if you're especially if you're like, oh man worried about my dad or something like oh that movie's gonna hit you for critical damage yep oh uh, okay good to know just the warning <laughs> it's gonna hit you for critical damage. <laughs> i i'm stealing that one um oh I, yeah yeah for sure oh no that i watched that oh my god pokemon detective i watched that 
on a flight when I was away from home for like a month. Oh, no. Dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys know exactly what happened. Because <laughs> it, cause it's, about, it's about relationships with parents. And it's like, well, all right. Right? Uh, all right. Maybe I won't watch this now. Ant-Man. <laughs> Ant-Man, Ant-Man, Ant-Man. So, yeah. So it sounds like you enjoyed it. Uh, Tyler, I did as well. Here's the thing. I'm not going in thinking the highest of Marvel, Marvel movies right now. So, especially after Thor, especially after a couple other projects. And so, I just go in, you know, with the with 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 I guess uh proper expectations. I know what I'm going to get. I just want a popcorn movie, and that's exactly what this was. I uh kind of put this on the same level as Black Adam. Right, it's just a mindless I, action. It's better. It's better. Yeah. I mean, but that's what I would in say. That category, right? It's just mindless action. If I think that Quantumania was within spitting distance of like a legit great Marvel movie again, but honestly, it's two hours five minutes. I think you could get down to an hour forty, and you would have lost nothing important. You mm. can cut. You could cut so much of that movie and lose nothing. Dare we say that movie maybe had too much action that didn't really add anything to the plot? I, I there are. I think you could leave almost every action sequence in and still cut a lot of that movie. Yeah, you're right. Actually, <laughs> like it's kind of blasphemy. But there's a cameo in that movie that if you sit down and think about it, first of all, very obviously that cameo only had three or four days on set, mm-hmm. if that. Mm-hmm. And like you can cut that entire cameo, you can cut that entire section. Yep. That's four. It's three or four scenes you could just excise from the movie, and you need a line of ADR somewhere else to to cover. Yep. Yep. Wow. Not great. Overall, cool. I think it was a great introduction to the movie experience for the Kang character for Jonathan Majors. Great introduction for him. Uh that second uh end credit Both those scene. credit scenes. Fantastic. Fan freaking tastic. We're gonna go into the deep cuts. We're going back to like nineteen sixty eight for some of this inspo. Yep. Really good stuff. Really good they, stuff. They there. they have they have every costume Kang has ever worn. Yep. Ever. Yep. In this movie. Yeah, so good. It was really good. The Pharaoh well, one. The rotten the rotten tomato score kind of reflects in a way it's it's at odds. It's all over the place. Most of the reviewers are coming out with essentially what you guys are saying. The comic book people seem to think it was okay. Yeah. And there's some people who seem to think it was boring. And hence comic book movies and hitting the right audience and hitting the mainstream audience it's they're rewarding the the fans that read the books a little bit and maybe pay attention to some of those finer details those rewards are there if i can summarize that yeah yeah i, I think that's a fair assessment of stuff honestly like um I, I forgot to ask my friend who watched it last night uh with her daughter so i gotta oh, I'll, I'll ask her a little later um any final thoughts on Ant-Man because uh, before we start uh, just rounding, rounding, rounding back to the same points? I mean, we've said it before, but even Feige agrees with us now. The fatigue is starting to set in yeah. and like, I don't have kids. My, Me and my partner are like creative, employed people with no kids and real like our dog is our biggest 
obligation <laughs> in this universe. And we are like, there's a lot. So like, if you have a kid, which like I have a bunch of friends, like no wonder you're like, I don't know, what the, I don't know what's going on. Like, yeah. could you imagine being someone who's going to go to the next Avengers movie and be like, wait, who's Kang? And you have to be like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Who are these Avengers? <laughs> Where's Iron Man? <laughs> well, remember he's dead. Like, because they would have seen uh, yeah, the last true, Avengers, right? But you know but what I mean? Like, like, there's going to be new Avengers. Yeah. Why, is, gonna be... why, why is Falcon Captain America now? Mm-hmm. It's why? the same problem that we're going to have with Mandalorian Season 3. Why is he with Grogu now? Yep. Because oh, if you yeah. skip Book of Boba Fett, you missed a lot of story advancement. Right. Said, is it, it, Pedro Pascal must be like the most hyped man going into the next few weeks, having not one but two hit shows uh, on the air. Just like, holy crap. Good for him, though. Uh, my nephew, uh, he's watching Narcos for the first time. He's loving every single second of it. And it's funny watching him in Narcos because that show came out in 2014. Mm. I cannot believe it has already been that freaking long. It has been almost nine years since that show debuted. The funny thing is, is that I'm hearing in the Star Wars circles that his three-year deal for The Mandalorian is up, right? So as he finishes season three, so I don't know if he's going to be renewed or if they find a resolution to the helmet issue and just tell him, keep your helmet on for the rest of The Mandalorian stuff and we'll fake it till we make it. I don't know. He's got got Lucasfilm in an interesting negotiation spot because he is upping his profile quite a bit. Yep. But I also and, think we're in a, that, that's going to be part of the plot of season three, right? Like, we yeah, already well, know that's part of the plot. Like, they could be like, well, now we are now the true Mandalorians and we can do this or whatever. Or, like, the way that it reads to me is he's going to Mandalore to rectify his situation with his people, mm-hmm. yep. right? And if he does, if he rides that mythosaur and goes to the tunnels underneath Mandalore and all this kind of stuff that they're going to throw at us, then... At the end of it, it could be like, don't ever take your helmet off again. And if you do, we only see the back of your hair. So we just need someone with brown hair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that first season was largely a stunt double. Yep. And just voiceover. So yep. it, it could be set up for that too, right? It's like, exactly. yeah, okay. Want to hamstring us? Sure. We'll hamstring you. <laughs> it's not like he's not coming. Well, <laughs> I'm like, it's not like he's not coming back for season two of Last of Us. Anyways, <laughs> I know spoilers. <laughs> what? what are you talking about? I we we don't know how. What, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking. About. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Mike Magnola getting a fourth, third, fifth opportunity at a movie. Uh, we are getting a new Hellboy movie. Uh, the director is teasing an <sighs> R-rated folk horror movie uh this is coming from hellboy the crooked man and it's going to embrace an unsettling why am i doing air quotes uh an unsettling and r-rated tone okay i forgot that they did one in 2019 i forgot about that it was okay i love me some hellboy but god let it die for a little bit please it was david harbour in the 2019 one yeah yeah, and Harbor was an okay actor. Yeah, it was okay. It was okay. It, it was, was 
they jumped into like a weird part of the plot and i think one of the problems with them trying to like i don't think they should do hellboy i think they should try to do the, the bp the bprd yeah yeah because that's a better movie and if you want to get people like into that universe just do some just do some bprd stuff yep yeah it's gonna be cheaper i, I, <laughs> I just find it's just so funny how they have to do it and then the fan base reacts because they don't like the new actor and they're uh, and then they grow used to them and then it's so cyclical I'm just yeah yeah and it's all because well. comic book movies are exciting right like yeah it's part of that fatigue uh yeah i think so i think i think that's a that's a large portion of it to say the least uh, am i going to watch it if it comes on you know, streaming service du jour because he can't even say Netflix anymore to encompass streaming services with what they're doing and and how that movement's going. So is it like if it's on Prime Video, will I watch it? Mm, yeah, sure. That type of thing. I think that's how I watched uh, Hellboy the last one, the 2019. Yeah. I don't even remember if I watched that, to be honest. We're apparently getting a Red Sonja movie from the same production company. Yep. I was going to literally just bring that up as that that uh, I forget who whatever their that company's called they're pumping out some uh, some interesting content. Red Sonja's uh, getting a movie. That'll be, that could be interesting. Alle allegedly this year starring Matilda Lutz. Oh wow. Hmm. Yeah, like it's a, it's in it's in production. It's in Bulgaria. There you go. I guess coming a lot out of this practical year? effects. Okay, yeah, that's a lot of practical. <laughs> Wallace Day, Robert Sheehan, Michael Bisping, Martin Ford, Eliza Mat Matengu. Michael Bisping. Is it Thor Love and Thunder? Is that the, is the kid from Thor Love and Thunder? Uh, name sounds familiar. Manal Ed Fetchery, Katrina Durden, and Veronica Ferris. Hmm. A yeah. lot of names that I, like, they've been in stuff I should recognize. Yeah. Bill, have you yes, watched sir. the latest episode of Shrinking? No, not the latest. I have to catch up on I caught up on Last of Us last night, which we'll as we discussed a, a little bit, like just between us without too much spoilery stuff. Uh, but I did finish Wakanda Forever last night. Oh, yeah. So, what do you think of that? Uh, you know what? Wasn't bad. Um, I didn't hate it. Uh, I found it was a good background movie for me to watch. I enjoyed the little bit of, you know, the the love shown to Chadwick Boseman. Mm -hmm. I, I did enjoy that. That made me, especially at the end, you know, spoiler alert, gets you a little bit choked up. It was tastefully done. And it was appropriately done because I felt like they kind of really accelerated over it, which was a good choice. Because they needed to tell their own story. They needed, you know, the stuff to happen. Mm -hmm. So they, they danced around it on the fast, intense parts, which is understandable. And then they gave it some air at the end. And unexpectedly so. And I'm impressed with the way that it was handled, to be honest. Considering I think that that threw the whole Marvel crew into a little bit of a tailspin. Yeah. Just it's it's a yeah. tragic, tragic 
story, right? There was a lot of stuff going on with that movie, right? Like, I don't want to get into the whole production stuff and how production had to stall, how certain people were going to be fired, yada, yada, yada. Uh, what do you think of Namor? Um, I thought he was pretty good. He came across as a bit, as a guy who doesn't read the comic books as religiously as, let's say, you or Tyler. Um, Namor was somebody that I knew about. I knew that he was supposed to be pretty powerful. Marvel, superhero, supervillain, whatever. He was positioned as the villain here. Um, I thought he did all right. I'm wasn't really thrilled with the ankles and the wings. Oh, oh, oh. to be honest, that was a little bit of a. Why not just make him fly? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why not just give him some superpower that makes him able to fly? Like, he can take all the moisture in the earth and separate himself from it through this, you know, gliding thing and all that. But instead, they put those wings on the ankles, and that was a little bit weird. And the fact that all of the underwater people were blue was just like, this by the same studio that's making Avatar 2 and Avatar 3. <laughs> you know, I'm like... Oh man, this is like a whole mess of crossovers potentially so, for fans. I'm joking when I say this. I have to, I have to you know, it's going to be something when I say it at the start. You know, I'm joking <laughs> yes. when I say this. My major takeaway is that you don't like Latinos. No. <laughs> spicy. No, spice. I, <laughs> I thought all that was pretty cool. I love that it traced back to the Mayan stuff. I've even been to. Tulum and and these different places personally and 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 done tours and did support of of the native culture and whatnot there instead of doing the the touristy stuff and whatnot and invested in all that because I I really did it did really that part of it I enjoyed yeah I just didn't like the wings on the feet that was the thing that I didn't like I didn't like the ankle wings so I'm not positive but I think they had to include those like, because otherwise it's too close to other characters. Mm -hmm. And part of what makes Namor, Namor, and like, is like is that, that's part of the identity that's used to be like, not Aquaman. Not Aquaman. Yeah, because this is a bit odd because it's like in the Aquaman territory. Well, that's like, why so there had to be some. Origin. Yeah. But that, but that said, Namor's one of the first superheroes, actually. He is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, the IP behind superheroes gets so weird. I think he's like the third. Yeah. Now, my favorite part of that movie, and this I'm being very sarcastic, and this is like my one nitpick of the entire movie. And I guess it makes sense if you think about it. And that's when they introduce Namor and he's pronounces his name, you know, Namor. And he's like, but my enemies call me Namor. Then they turn around and it's like, hey, Namor. <laughs> no, that was, that was, I expected, and like not my, not my spot to speak for Spanish-speaking countries, I thought they would have gotten a lot more pushback I grant that. you permission to like, speak freely. Like, I, I can speak Spanish decently. I, mean, I spend a lot of time in Spain, I spend a lot of time in Mexico and stuff, but I am one of the whitest people on Earth. And I'm like, I'm surprised Mexico wasn't like, shut the fuck up, Disney. Yeah. Oh, Oh, there are some people who are like that, which is really funny. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really like that. I mean, so glad that you finally watched it. Um, yeah, so Shrinking, Tyler, have you watched Shrinking from Apple TV? No. It's I. Is it decent? Because yeah, nothing like in those it. trailers, I was like, 
Oof, I have no interest in this. It's... I, I gave it to my little group on Plex that, that mm-hmm. you know, likes television. And a lot of them came back that they really like this. Hmm. It's, it's very it's written charming. by the same people who do Ted Lasso. Hmm. So it, it's, it's got a little bit of charm. Yes, charm. Hmm. You can't but it's Harrison take the Ford. fact that these are psychiatrists and what they're doing in the show serious. You just gotta take a step back and allow the show to 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 happen. It's it's like I was thinking about this the other day. It's like watching a rom com and actually Getting both the comedy and the romance. This is kind of like there's comedy and there's drama going on. And the comedy tramples over the drama sometimes. And sometimes the the drama tramples over the comedy. But the two of them intersect and it's not a bad spot. It's it's kind of fun to, you know, to be sitting there and go, I'll put that on and have a drink and just, you know. Sometimes there are things that evoke feelings in this show. You know, difficult feelings because they are talking about therapy and things and different things that I've gone through. And then seeing it from their side is different and how they have struggles and they're human beings. And you don't really think about that from a patient standpoint. And there's a lot of little introspective stuff. And if you've been in the therapeutic end of things or gone to a cognitive behavioral therapist, anything like that, you're going to know how you put these people on a pedestal. And you're going to know that this show offers some insight that you might not otherwise gain. And it's still just a comedy. It's not like Boris says, you're not supposed to think everything is literal or real. It's an exaggeration as almost comedy is. Yeah. So it's like and watching here's a sitcom. Jason Siegel is excellent in this. You can tell that he actually likes this show. Because you can really tell what Jason Siegel's performance is, whether he cares about the script and the show or not. Because you can tell... The very episode where he stopped giving a crap about how I met your mother. Yeah. Yeah, but you can tell when he does a movie like The Muppets reboot that he was highly involved in or uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Mm-hmm. Fingerprints are all over those. Yep. He's a little bit unprofessional, but yeah. 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 Oh, he's very juvenile. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right. Star Trek Picard. Anyone watching this show? Anyone up to date? Season three? I'm so far behind. I stopped watching in season one but i have started up on season three for nostalgia reasons but i don't know if i'm going to be able to scrape much actual star trek out of it um beyond seeing some of the people i wanted to see yeah from the olden days yep yep it was good very good premiere questionable stuff happening they're really they're really setting this up to be the last season well it it is isn't it isn't it it confirmed Yeah. yeah okay it's confirmed. This is it. This be it, I heard my friends. Lots of fun stuff in this season. So, yeah. Have either of you, have either of you been watching Great North? No, I have not. No, I stopped after season one, but I do know that it's on Disney Plus, and I've been meaning to go back to it, uh, especially they, they after Nick off hiatus. With for Great North, a middling episode, but it's back. Oh, okay. Season. I watch it. Season three, ha- season two has some really, really good episodes. Season three has some fantastic episodes, but it's also. I think you see it in cartoons a lot, especially of like, especially when like you've a pitch like your Bob's Burgers or your Great North where there's something to it versus your Simpsons. It's just like any America. Whatever. But these are like 
oh, it's a family in Alaska. Like, it's a little bit abnormal. And you can see they're starting to be like, oh, we have to figure out some ideas now. Yeah. Well, I, I found that there, that struggle was happening for me in season two. But yeah. that being said, it did have funny moments. Like, there was still genuine comedy in there. Yeah. It's just my... I don't know. There's a comfort zone with cartoons. Sure. And when cartoons challenge that for me, sometimes I revert mm. back to the older stuff just to get that comfort zone. So uh, my personal sanctuary that I don't really talk about on this show is Bob's Burgers. Fantastic show. Yep. Great. Yeah. Right. I've, yeah. And I know I, I really know that there's a lot of commonality there, but I just really fall into the the kids and the parents and that mm -hmm. dynamic and everything like that and i relate my spirit animal is gene so yeah there's shows it's funny that you say that right because there are shows that i watch that i don't bring up on this show just because i don't want them ruined or i just don't want to debate them because <laughs> i enjoy them for what they are right well it's it's a sanctuary like i say at least yeah. for me it's like there are certain video games I don't really talk about on here, too. And for the same reasons, because I don't really want to be... I have a fandom about them where I don't want to necessarily go and rip it apart analytically with you guys. And I want to continue on my little quiet fandom with it. That's all. Yep. Speaking and, of ripping it apart. And just consume it for that. Speaking of being ripped apart... Man, E3 this year. Who, who's going to E3? Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo's not going. Ubisoft said they're not sure whether they're going. Uh, but the E3 uh, organizers say it's still happening. Sure. <laughs> when Ubisoft pulls out, you know you have a problem. <laughs> the company is not even making anything. <laughs> we don't have anything, so we're pulling out. <laughs> I mean, that may be part of why Ubisoft's pulling out. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna, we're gonna premiere. We're gonna premiere a slide of Beyond Good and Evil Three. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's a larger discussion. Maybe we'll do down the road. But I think there's something to. I don't. It, you know, I'm talking of the dome here, but there's something to this. This, I think we're seeing another shift. That's even. It's gonna be again of shifting back towards, like big. I don't know. We've been. Uh, Another shift towards like big companies having just so much more power in the creative space. Yep. And like, we're not counting our Googles and our Facebooks here. And like, no. legitimate, that's a separate discussion I'm saying. But in terms of like, so like right now, you know, Steam has so many submissions a day for new games that like getting heard in the crowd requires basically a substantial budget or yep. amazing luck. Mm hmm. Um, in, 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 you know, the, the fiction world, a bunch of places, I don't know if you, if you all saw this, but are closing submissions until further notice because people are just submit like our bulk submitting AI crap. Yeah. Yep. And so Clark's world, which is like the, the, one of the best places for submitting short fiction, if you want to be a writer and you're trying to get your, like your name discovered and stuff says they don't know if they're going to be able to accept open submissions anymore. And like, that's going to create a problem because as much as Susanna Clark is a fantastic writer, she wrote Jonathan Stranger, Mr. Norrell. We, we shouldn't only have, 
you know, oh, Neil Gaiman really liked her her thing, and that's how yeah. she got to the front of the line at the at the agent. Like, book agents aren't taking on new people. Big book publishers, like, you kind of have to have an audience coming in, and it's we're reaching the state again of like, how do you get discovered as a new creative? Yeah, it's well, it, it, it's of, yeah. look at the this podcast. is technology we're, interfering things, right? Like interfering with things because it's. It's coming at a high cost to creators, but it's also infiltrating other areas of employment, right? Where companies are now actively pursuing AI chatbots to yep. replace customer service people. Yep. You know, you look at even to a large degree, I'll just make this analogy. But mm -hmm. my dad came to me today and he said that he went to the bank the other week or last week because he had a problem where the bank machines ate his money yeah. and didn't log it. Like they crunched it up yeah. and he went into the, the guy because there's no tellers at the bank. They're all replaced with bank machines. Yep. And he says, don't use our bank machines. Use uh, this bank over on this street because their bank machines are newer and they don't chew up the stuff or the cards. So my dad's got to go across town and he's just like, he goes, I don't know why we don't have tellers. And I can tell you why. It's because you don't want to pay people a living wage. <laughs> it's that simple. Like, yep. Oh, you know, here we like, go again, guys. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> well, I mean, even the U.S. military has been, they've had that recruitment bot for what, like five years now? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been reading in my Twitter feed how, people are calling out whenever they sniff on to Amazon or publishing AI books. Yeah. They're I mean, calling it out and getting Amazon to cancel carrying that product because they're just going to like Google press or whatever. They're getting the book pressed into a legitimate book yeah. and it's written by AI about like 007, for example, yeah. and it's 35 yeah. pages long. It, and it is worth noting. You can write about 007 in Canada, not under copyright. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, they did it with a chatbot, and that's what oh, yeah. people got upset about, and rightfully so. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, why would I buy that trash? I know right? podcast hosts who do all the research using chatbots. Damn. What? Not us. Well, I wish no. I did. I wish, I wish I didn't care about stuff enough so that I can just take shortcuts. I really don't. And, and, and there is something to, like... I don't think none of us are Luddites, right? None of us are like, ah, no technology. It's but it, our, our concern is largely along the lines of like, who's getting hurt? Yes. And what's being done because mm -hmm. it is, as always, the intersection of society and technology, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we're not, none of us are saying that using a chatbot to aid your research is bad, like ipso facto. It is a matter of like, what is the limitations of the ad bot? Because already they, yep. they have a bunch of limitations that it's like, yeah, there's not looking at sources from India. And it's like, that's not great if you want to talk about India. Right. Now, it's funny because like you then that's a great point that you bring up, Tyler, because like the 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 area of technology that I work on and with directly feeds into chatbots. So that literally pays my bills and feeds me. Yeah. So I'm not, and I think this is the, the thing about the three of us, right? It's responsible technology and how you, you stay away from the evil technology and evil metrics and evil stuff like that, right? Because there is a place in technology for, 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 for improving day-to-day -day life, for yeah. aiding 
day to day life. But then there is yep. what we're seeing now, right? And and I we tend to see this when didn't something the is Bing, new. Didn't the Bing chat box the chat box go crazy this, this weekend? weekend? Yes, go crazy like it started getting defensive. It yep. and, and started whatnot. saying stuff like, "I want to get." nuclear codes i want to do this i want to do that similar oh. to what happened to the google ai similar to what happened to skynet <laughs> right <laughs> we made a movie about this people <laughs> speaking of making movies of, of of interesting stuff and i can't believe i'm actually saying these 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 words on on anywhere oh, no. in life i i really want to watch that tetris movie oh yeah hmm. Saw the thing for that. Yeah. Looks interesting there. Oh, I'll circle back on the E3 thing. Oh, well. yeah. Sorry. That's how this all started. I just wanted to to do that to to round it out, though. I just find that, that most of the companies like Nintendo and whatnot and Sony and Xbox, they all avoid it because they have their own direct events yeah, that are yep. far more powerful at reaching an audience and doing it that results in a sales metrics that and they're probably able to measure. I was gonna say could, when you when you say more powerful, what do you mean by that? Because I think that's a specificity well, is gonna be important. I think that it's very targeted, it's very controlled from their end, and it's very measurable. Yeah. Because I'm sure that at the end of a Sony thing or a, a Nintendo Direct, yeah. if we look at the Nintendo Direct one, for example, they drop the bomb, the new Zelda is gonna be 70 bucks. But then they make pre-orders available the second they announce it, right? Yep. So then they're going to attribute pre-orders, especially on that first week, as being directly correlated to their Nintendo Direct, which to them is a marketing measure of success, you know, money. Whereas I think you do it at an E3 and you're counting on buzz and you're counting on critical response and you're not sure if you're going to reach your audience. You know that there's going to be a percentage but they might be tuning in for other things as well, right? Like the real draw is I don't even own a Nintendo product, but I'll watch this because it's on or I'm at the event and I'll go do this. It's just the nature of that has changed from the social aspect because that was the big thing with E3 was getting buzz yep. out of it. And that's a difficult thing to measure for companies. They got a new way to measure it even more accurately, at least as far as their numbers go. Yeah, you know. it, it, yeah. It, at the end of the day, you said it when you said they control the message. You, they control the message I, much more direct when they host their own uh, events. Yeah, I look at that debacle between Xbox launching and PlayStation 4 launch. You know, PlayStation were going to go ahead and do a whole launch that was almost identical to Xbox. Xbox got total backlash about the idea of creating that imprisoning system, which we all use today. <laughs> right but back then playstation just went oh hold my beer and wrote up something in 10 minutes and just yeah. went on after them and said whatever xbox did we're going to do the opposite yeah. they're charging for their product we're giving it away for free they're doing this we're doing that like i also think for for the big you know for the for the big dogs for your nintendos your sony's your microsoft's especially they want to space themselves out from each other a little bit yeah yeah in part for this, 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 I don't, I don't know the right word, but is the, there's this whole secondary economy now that there's always been like a news coverage and content coverage and even a speculation economy, but like 
the amount of money in the speculation economy is so much more than it used to be, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when Nintendo can put out their tiers of Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. All of a sudden it's like you have there's hundreds of YouTube videos like yeah. grabbing every single frame and going into it and then and then and like as well, and then Kotaku covers that, and then Mary Sue, and then Polygon. you look at some of the shadow drops that they do with some of the smaller studios, mm -hmm. and they're able to promote them and things like that, and that just subdivides the marketplace even more because then you're seeing strategic alliances with indie devs and things like that to get a spotlight on those windows that they have to their direct audiences, and I think that it forces the fracturing of the indie market because you get the big pot in like you pointed out with steam and then you get is xbox gonna put it on game pass yep. is sony gonna put it on their version of game pass you know yep. like you get all this stuff and sony took a back seat on their stuff because of the ftc controversy and the the whole buyout they tried to downplay anything that they were doing in the marketplace but apparently they're doing in uh, the their regular things soon where they're going to come forward with hey look you know probably about psvr2 and everything else but we got games too it's not just xbox yeah so it's yeah all i can say as a consumer i eat it up and yet hate it all at the same time it's like that with TV shows, right? Like, look at Disney and their and their expos, right? Like, everyone is is, yeah. is literally controlling their own message, literally doing their own stuff, and they have the reasons for it. And I think Phil, you covered a lot of it is is uh, direct uh, metrics, and they can uh, directly correlate stuff to st uh, strategic marketing and whatever partnerships, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All right, so in a couple weeks, we're going to be talking about streaming services because that's one mm -hmm. of my favorite topics, just because. <laughs> it really is. I just love talking about this stuff. Uh, Paramount Plus reaches 56 million uh, subs as Paramount streaming losses deepen to 575 million. Paramount CEO wow. claims that they are on a path towards profitability. I mean, what's he gonna? What's he gonna say? I know. Now right? we're yeah. fucked. <laughs> yeah. Right? Could you imagine? We're gonna sell Canada's Wonderland. Oh wait, we did. Yeah, Paramount, Paramount CEO is like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. Drunk as a skunk up here. Jeez. All right. So, you know, I like to call this the Top Gun Maverick rub because uh, that's exactly what it really was. All right. Let's see what else is going on here. Uh, they've had high profile content like NFL programming, 1923, uh, Tulsa King and Smile that helped fuel the growth, they said. Uh, their streaming division saw revenue grow by 30% to $1.4 <laughs> with subscription revenue specifically rising by 48%. Additionally, advertising revenue rose by 4%. However, Paramount's operating losses for the direct-to-consumer segment deepened to $575 million, a bigger quarterly loss than $502 million during the same period last year. That's Halo Season 1 and Season 2. <laughs> kidding because well, that was unfair. halo's not even getting a second season so i thought they green lit the second season canceled no good okay good canceled i like the sound design 
That was about Can it. we just blame this on three four three somehow? Is is that possible? I yeah, you know they. No, but well, like most of the team went over there and made the show. <laughs> Broke the cardinal rule in the first episode. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of streaming, like we're getting to the point right where these big networks, these big companies, at some point are going to be. Is it worth it? Well, my dad was asking me tonight about Netflix. And he says, well, what happens if Netflix tanks? And I'm like, it's the same as any other industry, dude. If Paramount Plus tanks, somebody's going to come along and buy them. You know, Amazon bought MGM last year. Uh, You know, whoever wants to bolster their streaming service by X, so Disney and Apple will go and take a look at Paramount or Netflix or whatever the failure is in the industry right like however it, it craps out the bigger fish will try to become bigger and the smaller fish will just you know get smaller hbo maybe buys paramount plus if the ceo finally tells the truth and says i don't know what i'm doing so i'm kidding of course here's here's a little 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 nugget of information i don't care if i'm not really allowed to be saying this but i'm going to say it another way oh but, and I'm not going to get in trouble for this. Zero competition. Oh, I was like, zero, watch it for the red dots. Yeah. Zero anything, Oof. right? Nothing, 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 nothing. We're good. Uh, don't work at all. Not partnered at all with this company. Just uh, some information that may have been uh, given to me in a conversation that apparently Netflix might be slowing down its crackdown of password sharing here in Canada for unforeseen legal ramifications. Wait, the oh, fact Tyler that like last this. week we said this might be illegal in Canada. I here's here's a legitimate issue. I had to go down and talk to my dad today because I told him, like, look, Tyler. I Tyler already brought it up, and I'm going to let him go in a second. But no, I'm no, just saying I'm just, to I'm further your point. The, to further your point is this practical example. I use Bell as my TV sub- pr- provider over the internet. And as my internet provider, which is coming in on the same feed, but gets subdivided out of the same modem. So that to me as an IT guy means that I'm running two IP addresses. Okay. One for my internet, which is dynamic and, you know, could change. So that is a problem. But number two is my TV. Now on the TV box, my dad likes to go to the certain channel and watch Netflix on my account. Is all of a sudden that IP address going to conflict with my IP address that I'm watching Netflix on on the separate network in my house? Because I'm just sitting there going, how does this work? So I had to take the time to tell my 84-year-old dad, next time you want to watch Netflix, don't go to the channel. Ask me and I'll come down and put you on the Google Chromecast to watch it. Because he doesn't like working that. Because I'm like, right there, I have two IPs conflicting with one another. And I don't know if they're using location data or not. Like, I don't know what the qualifier is for them to just arbitrarily bill me the $8 a month as a penalty. Does yeah. that make sense? Tyler? No, I'm, I I feel like this was, this this scene you went through is a mirror of the tech teams trying to talk to the business teams at Netflix and then being like, no, what you want won't work the way you think. And the business teams like, or the 
C-suite or whatever is like, not do it. And they were like, yeah, we're committed. We're going forward. Well, the tech team's more of like, I see the layoffs kind of everywhere else in the industry. Like, I guess, like, just keep polishing that resume. Yeah, let's let the blowback go up there. Yep. Like, all the blowback. Because and, and the, here's the thing: as a as a premium paying customer, I'm supposed to get four. As you pointed out last week, Tyler, they even advertised you get four logins, so you can have your kids at college use your one of your four logins, or you could go to the cottage. The marketing. Yep. Yep. So all of that comes into question, but then I'm just like nothing makes sense for me anymore because I'm like, how am I going to call as a premium customer? And get customer support because you know that there's going to be, you know, 20, 12 million people calling in to bitch about this in Canada alone. And there's only going to be like a support team of maybe 100 people, if that, working from home and going, oh, we're getting killed. You know, and there's no backup. There's no more people coming. There's no broadening of hours. There's nothing. It's if you can get through. Otherwise, screw you. You're the customer who's just going to get have to pay for it. And then you're going to see the backlash hit places like Twitter and whatnot and Facebook, where they're just going to be like, cancel Netflix, which I'm already is already all over my feed. I I mean, my parents, we we were using their Netflix because they again, like they paid for the four thing because they were like, yeah, we have we have kids like we'll just pay for that. Well, and they were like, we're happy to pay more. Like they were like happy, and if, and we even had a discussion. They were like, "Should I?" They're like, "Should we up it just and just pay for your Netflix more?" And I was like, "No," because you're just teaching them that it's okay. And if they had said yeah. like, "Ah, here's the deal," because they advertised it of this is what the deal was, of yeah. you can have your kids do it at university or whatever. And yeah, it's like, or well, the cottage, or go down and you know, uh, the the snowbirds. Just keep limiting the number of actives like you said you were. If you gotta raise the price, like I don't, I'd, I'd be angry, but I'd be less than this of like, just say you like, economics aren't working. We need one well, of three things to happen. And just be honest. But I think, yeah, this honesty, is the streaming no. service that I pay more a month than any other one, and I use the least of. And that's the part that I'm, I'm having a tough time reconciling at this point because it's made me go and examine it instead of being just a passive customer who lets it debit out of my system. Yeah. yeah. Like, ugh. Boris yeah. had a point on honesty being bad. Yeah. No, no. no. I, <laughs> honesty? <laughs> corporate honesty. Come on. Let's be honest. If a company were to no. say, this isn't working out, can you imagine how well that would look? No, you, like, like, I don't, you corporate it up, but you'd be like, look, here's the deal. Netflix is really committed to putting out really awesome and fantastic content. We know you love Stranger Things. We know you loved Lock and Key. Stuff costs money. COVID's gone up. Here's the plan. And you can do it. And you know I know? Because Dropout just did it. Dropout Television just launched an ad campaign, which was, hey, by the way, we think you should pay us less. We think you should just pay us less money. Here's how you can save money. Pay us less. Just pay us less money. We had a really good year. If you're happy, tell your friends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well I I can tell you I can write their corporate retraction right now. But you yeah, don't understand the saying. marketplace, and we were over we were over you know over committed to this policy. We apologize to our customers, and we want you to retain you. 
as a valued empl- uh, as an invalued uh, uh, customer here, except our 15, uh, three months for free after your cancellation. Yeah. Like, but you have to leave your credit card on file so that you forget. Yeah, about but it. <laughs> exactly. But you're still <laughs> going to pay the eight dollars that we incorrectly attributed to the same household. Yep. Right, like, like. Because the other side of it, Boris, is you're like you're you're saying like they should keep shining a turd, but it's like they have to release their financial reports. Everyone, like anyone who's already an investor, can look at this shit. That's when you can do corporate spin, and that's when we do see corporate spin from a lot of companies. Yeah, only at money sharing time. So what happens in this situation with the password sharing? If my internet goes down and I pull up my cell phone and watch some Netflix on my cell phone over five G. Exactly. Netflix tells you to go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd just rather Netflix say, we can't use this account because you're in violation of the password sharing. I'd rather get turned down with a reason than, oh, the uh, the holder of this account is now going to be billed $8 or not even notifying you. <laughs> like, I, I, just the practicality of this, I'm curious about. At what point do you know you screwed up? <laughs> I mean, like they should be looking at Wizards know. of the Coast. You should just know, <laughs> Phil. You should just know why you fucked up. I mean, let's get into let's get into the topic du jour because a lot of these these topics are going to come right back oh, up yeah. immediately. <laughs> they are. Well, actually, Last of Us, Boris. Hey, let's quickly talk about Last of Us. Yeah. Tyler, Spoiler have you finally free. watched? Are you caught up to watch episode three? Looks like the answer. There's so many episodes. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. Yeah. Did you watch three? Yes. <laughs> oh, good. I haven't good. watched this week's yet. Okay. Well, fair. It's a very good show. Okay. Bill, I know you've watched it. Um, yeah. What you think? I know that uh, there was a lot to unpack. Uh, I know that... Uh, I think that some of the scenes that people were expecting to be like a whole episode were very short but i feel like they yeah. did the right cuts at the right times introduced the right people at the right time in this episode and the last three episodes are going to be jam freaking packed and we're starting to see that uh uh the jump in time a little more which is very cool because we are getting closer and closer to the end of the first game um I will say this for people who haven't watched it yet and maybe haven't played the game. Um, this week's episode lays down a whole track of the cans of whoop ass that are going to be opened up in the, in the upcoming season finale. And yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's a, there's a lot that happens in the episode. It's a pretty calm episode for the most part. The cliffhanger, there's a cliffhanger at the end, which is good storytelling. And um, for those people who don't know, there's a lot of crossover with the second game. Mm-hmm. So in let's this episode. quickly talk about that. I'll I'll try my best to keep the spoiler free. So yeah, the one the one that I really don't care too much about is Ellie is reduced to a baby horse named Shimmer. Yeah. There's there's that one. She meets Shimmer. Okay, so hold um, on. Before you before you spoil something, so we also meet a character that has a lot. Uh, not a, she's not a huge role, and that's Tommy's significant other, which yep, she was she officially a introduced in 
until the second game. Now, so those are the official two, but there's a lot of speculation that a third character was introduced very briefly in this yep. episode, uh, and it's a very important uh, character in the second one and in Ellie's story. Yes, and Ellie also mentioned about the space stuff, which was yes. actually a nice little throwback in the first or second game. But it, essentially in the first game, you go to this place and you have interactions with the characters in the place, but the place isn't built yet. And then in the second game, you spend a lot of time in this present space. And they're just doing good storytelling here because they know they've got a second season coming up. They know they're going to be going into that story. So knowing what we know now as storytellers and video game producers, how can we more seamlessly transition all this for the viewers? And that's what they did in this I, in this episode. So I will it really say, made though, sense. At the time of writing and recording and producing and editing, they didn't know they were going into a second season. Uh, so it's kind of cool that they did leave these, uh, they planted these seeds, as yeah. we like to say in, in storytelling, to kind of, you know, it's like it's those little nods, right? It's like those little nods to video game, uh, the video game crowd, because it's like, we know you know. We know you yeah, know, well, and thank you for being a fan. Those little, those they're little germinating nods. the field, right? Yeah. They know that there's a possibility. Why not plan for it? And if it doesn't happen, at least you got this little bit of a a nugget. Speaking right? of nuggets, so. whether it be a turd nugget or a, I don't know what else, what other chicken McNugget. Let's talk about VR meta and all this fun stuff so i'm just gonna start this off by just asking you guys directly uh tyler what are your thoughts on vr is it a fad do you think this will ever go away is this ever going to be successful is this ever going to make money i know that's a lot to to, to oh, there's several questions here. i know what are your thoughts essentially um, I think VR is not ready for showtime yet. It's kind of the short version. The The thing we keep trotting out, like the economics alone are flabbergasting. Um, right, because like to have a decent VR setup, you need minimum, what, four or five grand? No, I guess... With PSVR? probably the cheapest option PSVR's now. PSVR is by far the cheapest option. Might be the most yeah. practical option. But here's the thing. PSVR is mainly just hardware. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say... Uh, yeah, that's what I was getting around to. Like, actually, no, I'm thinking about it. Like, the PS5 is... I mean, it's still, what, 15 to 2 grand? You're going to be looking at, you know, what, 550 Canadian plus tax. Um, no, no, but they can the PS5. 700 for the for the psvr2 750 yeah. plus tax it's significant i guess the the easiest point in is the is there's a oculus that can be a standalone headset that doesn't need to be hooked well, up to a rig but i don't know if that's really the ideal experience here we're, we're talking about 4k or yeah. fairly high resolution stuff so there's yeah my thing is i don't think it's ready for prime time because like and like you said, like it's like, all right, well, even if you say you already have PS5, like, for how many games do you really want the VR for? And and the issue is, is we have a carrot and egg, right? Of you're not gonna get 
really the games and stuff VR is going to one day maybe get for us until that player install base gets a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. But also, like, this is real expensive for dealing with a lot of problems that still exist. Okay, like, but, based okay, upon so- the newest data I could get, 40% of players still are like, I can't physically do this. Yeah. And now, on top of that, we have an insanely fucked up policy structure around it where use it as part of like the the PSVR 2's launch thing. Um a think tank went into the current policies and the current technology available, like a like a like a tech NGO that does like we talk about issues in tech. And they partnered with the World Economic Forum and the UN, and they pointed out that it is currently legal and viable in both Canada and the United States and the UK for, let's say, your PSRV2. And let's say say you have any number of some early warning signs of a ton of illnesses. Mm. Uh, Your PSVR is allowed to sell it to insurance companies. Wow. There you so, go. So, the hypothetical they ran through and they were like, could we do this? And the ultimately found yes is your PSVR could track you. They could find that you have some certain micro slowdowns in your movement, even though you're in your 30s, that are a signifier that in 20 years you're going to get dementia. And they can use that to deny you and everyone in your family because they've linked you through Facebook, their own databases. Twitter and just be like, yeah, we're just treating you all as if you already have dementia. Yeah, that's 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 scary right there. Um, <laughs> Phil, thoughts? Hi, Woody. How do you feel about this whole VR phenomena? As I'm gonna put this from a tech enthusiast lens, huh? okay? Because Tyler brings up some really good points about the actual moral and ethical stuff as well with VR, which I. I hadn't given too much thought to, but I do certainly appreciate that he has. Um, as a tech lens, I've been excited for this product to actually work for a long time. And I do agree with Tyler. It's not ready for the prime time. I think the, out of all the stuff, my VR graveyard to this point is quite literally a Samsung Gear headset for a Samsung Galaxy 6S Edge that I had. That would mount in it. A Google Dream headset that my Pixel 2 would mount into. That beside your Stadia controller? Yeah, it's beside my Stadia controller in the Google graveyard. <laughs> I was going to say, Phil, we got to get you like a glass case. I know, it'll right? Be the, it'll be the Phil, it'll Palpatine Phil Museum of Google Oh, you should trailers. see. Does it have you a virtual boy from-, from Nintendo? You should see the stuff that I have in my basement from the 90s. <laughs> When I worked at a computer store. Mm. Oh, baby. Logitech graveyard there, boy. Laser um, discs. Anyhow. Uh, no laser, laser discs, disc. but... Oh, I did have a laser disc. I, no, I didn't have a full laser disc. Uh, someone <laughs> else did. But anyhow. Um, I also have the PSVR. I also have the Lenovo AR experience, which you'd slot your phone into and it would mirror up... So you could use a practical lightsaber to do battles in your space. That 
probably had the most legs of being something that was usable if it wasn't so laser focused on one thing and one app. Yeah. So AR, am I hopeful that that cracks the ice? Yeah, I'm, I am hopeful when you have companies like Apple trying to make augmented reality a thing. Will they do it? I don't know. But I would have thought the same thing with Sony, and Sony can't do it. Like, I just can't see, uh, even though all the reviews of the PSVR 2 are fantastic, I just don't see it with how complicated the PS5 launch was with the current inflation issues, with the you know, economic realities hitting people right now. I just can't see Sony coming to market and getting a product at this price point to an install base that still isn't fully matured yet to be viable. And that means developers, to your point, aren't going to make games, which means that what's the freaking point? Yep. I'm going to yep. be stuck in demo hell. I'm going to be sitting here playing a 10-minute Batman Arkham Asylum thing listening to... Again. The Joker laugh in my ears and go, ooh, that was scary for like a year and a half until I get a game that's actually good, right? That, like, yep. And that right there is the problem with the PlayStation VR, right? The original one. And let's let's take a look at, because this is the week that the PSVR 2 is going to come out, let's take a look at some of the reviews uh, that I was able to find. The Verge. And I'm just going to read some headlines and notable <sighs> quotes. The Verge, hardware is great, game lineup is not. Weakness, and this is a quote, weaknesses <laughs> include the underwhelming launch game lineup, the cable that is easy to trip over, a low, lower level of comfort compared to the first PlayStation VR, and the fact that you can't play PC VR and PSVR 1 games. New York yep. Times. And the field of view is narrow as well, just like the first one. It's 110 York, degrees, isn't it? Which is Something like yeah. that. It's pretty low, like compared to other big rigs. New York Times. Sorry, go ahead. It's great. Don't buy it yet. Uh, the New York Times likes the ease of setup, comfort, and design of the PlayStation VR 2. And this was a direct quote. I was surprised to find that I liked it as much as I did. And its convenience, comfort, quality might be enough to convince me to put it on once in a while uh, now that I have one. Uh, but again, they, they, they essentially call out the fact that there's no real game lineup. Uh, and let's one. remember that all of these outfits got given theirs. Yep. <laughs> Upload VR, a publication specializing in VR, says this. Sony clearly learned its lessons from the original PSVR and PlayStation VR 2. Feels like a major step for console VR, bringing the gap for those who want high-end features in a package that's easier to manage than a PC VR setup. They praise the hardware. They like the hardware. But... Uh, then their, their their overall conclusion is fairly positive compared to others. There was another VR publication that says that says this has been future proof thanks to unique features. So as you can see, people who specialize in VR are giving this a bit more praise uh, than on its hardware side, and leaving out the fact that it's missing some software. Uh, Eurogamer, uh, they're talking again about the good display. Uh, this is a vastly superior VR experience that brings all the advances seen in other areas of the market to PS5. IGN, I would have rather it a Vita too than a PR VR too. IGN, go go combat Nintendo. So <laughs> the only reason I'm bringing up IGN 
is because this is the most IGN thing ever. They're <laughs> raving about PSVR 2, giving it a 9 out of 10. Sure. Of course. Yep. This I, is I mean, how much of that, though, is that who's who got them are going to be sympathetic? Right? That's why I wanted to bring this up. Uh, yeah, so, so that's just a taste of kind of what we're getting. So, you know, we talked a little bit about this. Companies essentially run VR at a loss. Tyler, why do they keep trying and trying and trying? I mean, oh, there's so much to it. I mean, part of it, I mean, ugh, huh. part of it's getting into the economy of how, like, weird tech ideas get discussed nowadays, right? Of, we've seen it with crypto, of, like, you would get, and, like, crypto was the big thing, and VR was the big thing. Do you remember Google Glass was the big thing? Yes. And there were the tons Snapchat of... Glasses. And there were tons of, <laughs> at the time, reports from various, like, professional, allegedly outfits that are their think tanks or their research firms or it's statista who's going to charge you five grand for their proper report and these are like they're like there is a skill and a talent to forecasting and then there's bananas garbage numbers hidden behind doing a deep dive is impossible so like the, the one i love and this is from uh statista who's like a statistics we specialize in statistics and like forecasting website, wink, wink. Think about this math for a second. The number of VR users in the United States increased from 22.5 million in 2017 to 50.2 million in 22. Hmm. Hmm. There have been less than 2 million unit sales of VR across all platforms per year. Yep. What is a VR user, friends? Right. It's me with my box of VR headsets. <laughs> it is, right? Is it's a lot against like very few have a lot of these. And what a VR user is like, is that I went to a VR cafe? Yeah. Is that we assume every single purchasing person has a family of five? What are these numbers? Yep. And you got to remember that, like, 2020, the Oculus Quest sold barely a million units. These are not, like, these are not great hardware units for this being the next big thing in technology. Yeah, you bring up a great point because it's it's the differentiation of an active user versus number of users, right? Yeah. Among other and, stuff. And you see it a lot of like the install base is 60 million units and it's like what it, what? <laughs> well, you know, it breaks the question exactly that. If Zuckerberg's got a campus of metaverse well, the, people, yeah. right? And he says, okay, everybody's coming to the office today or you're working from home. We're going to meet in the metaverse. Okay. All of a sudden, that ticks up that number, right? Like That's with Zuckerberg supplied hardware, right? That he's literally burning the house with. Sure. Right? So he's got a $13.7 loss for last year alone on this division. Yeah. I, I want to talk about <sighs> the industry as a whole before doing some of these deep dives because... 
Part of it is like, yeah, it's easy to find and hire a company to be like, oh, it's the greatest tech ever. It's the best. Yeah. But like even VR evangelists and, you know, think about how people are presenting data. But it's mm-hmm. like, this is what I loved. One of what I pulled up from research. 55% of VR users found the experience at least moderately satisfying. <laughs> that means 45% of users thought it was not at least moderately satisfying. Well, like isn't a- the biggest problem that Zuckerberg has in getting his own adoption rate within his own company is people are just telling him it's crap. Like, literally, the product they're making looks worse than the Sony virtual world that they had under the Sony in sure. PlayStation 3, the the home. Remember that thing, Boris, where you could, like, wander around, like, a little universe and own a house and all that yep. kind of stuff? Like, this looks like it's Nintendo threw up the Wii people from the Wiimote stuff, the Wii Sports, and they don't even have legs. Okay, here's, and, here's my issue with all this. Yeah? Somehow, some way, in some world, this world, Animal sure. Crossing is a better VR world than the actual metaverse and VR that we're seeing. By far. Easy peasy. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yep. yeah. That's that, that to me is a staggering statement because everyone knows how I feel about Animal Crossing to begin with. But the fact that we like, I like, what is the, okay, so I think this is the thing. I want to differentiate between consumer VR and educational or training VR, right? Because there's a big difference between two. And this is going back to our conversation about good technology and the good uses of technology versus the not so good use of technology. And it's the consumer market, right? So as we're really focusing our conversation about the consumer market, but then there's the practical uh, training, educational uses of VR, which... Yeah, cool. Woo, right? Like surgeons yep. and this and that being able to train on VR. That's beautiful. It's, VR reenactment oh. is one of the best ways of curing PT is best way of treating, I should say, PTSD. Yep. Yep. Well, I, I would imagine people with yeah. concussion issues and things like that, certain environments might be beneficial for them to at least be exposed to or controlled applications thereof. Yep. Right? Like I've got a friend who's got concussion issues and she's got brain injury issues and she wants to try VR for certain meditative things. Sure. And certain things that she can no longer enjoy, i.e. going for a kayak ride or something like that. She wants to do it virtually for 20 minutes as an escape and remind herself of how calming she finds being on the water. Yeah. Sure. Right? So- like that type of thing. There are things. I'm not trying to crap on the entire VR experience, right? I'm like, we're really right. focusing on the consumer market of VR. I wanted mm-hmm. to make that point very crystal clear uh, yeah. that I do think VR is a spectacular uh, tool for certain things. But as we're talking about the consumer market, uh, as we're talking about PSVR, the metaverse, the Oculus, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. um, the consumer side of all those companies, that's where I'm like, this is a fad, right? Let's, like, I can. It's not going anywhere on a training education point of view. It's the consumer market where they just can't penetrate it. And what is the what what's the end game? What is the end game? At what point are is a company just gonna say, fuck it? Is a company gonna say that? Or is this gonna continue being a fad that comes up every 10, 15 years that we're gonna like invest billions of dollars in? 
Porque well, no I does. Think, pardon me? Porque no does. Right? But why not both? I mean, I, I think part of it is, is some companies never stopped after the 90s. They even trying to do VR the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Disney, to their credit, has had a VR team since what, like 93? Yeah. And well, I, I think back in those days, I was selling a VFX headset yeah. at IBM yeah. for like $3,000. Yeah. Right? That could render polygons. Woo. Well, and that's, I think, what it is, is I think that some companies are going to keep trying it until someone manages to crack, like, someone manages to crack that equation a little bit. Like, I think we're, I do think that we are on the financial side a lot closer than we used to be. Yeah. And, Maybe if we weren't in the middle of like the fourth once in a lifetime recession, these numbers would be reasonable because, right? Like people bitch about video game prices and it hurts. Yeah. Like having to pay a hundred bucks for a game basically in Canada. But, I, you know, there is that defense of like how much were video games in the 90s? Yeah. A hundred bucks. 70 bucks. I, yeah. Here in Canada yeah. for N64 games, I used to get my parents to pay a hundred bucks. Sometimes even higher. Yeah. But I also think part of that was economics were a much better time right then. Yeah. 100%. This is this is where I see things. I see Mark Zuckerberg taking a big gamble on a hardware product because he needs to take a big gamble on it because his software product is under heavy threat from iOS and whatnot. And I think you nailed the, the nail on the head when you go, Oh, Animal Crossing makes a better metaverse than Metaverse makes a metaverse. Like, why can't the metaverse not have this hardware component? You know what I mean? Then I think when you free yourself from that, but who wants to make another free product? No, here's my $800 headset that goes with it, boys and girls. Like, to the point now where they're going to be charging for verified users, a la Twitter, because they just don't have capital coming out of where they need it to. So but, they're trying to go directly to the source and milk the people. Well, yeah. it, and the other goes, side is gated gardens are real good for monopolists. Yes, mm. literally what I was right? going to say. Yeah, not word by word, like, but <laughs> yeah, but like, that's why that, that what, that's why I that's why Apple does so well is because it's like they have it's it's their app store and mm -hmm. their music store and their video store and their streaming and their devices and they get so much data on you yep and it's not that facebook didn't try they made their own phones right? they, they chased the, all this doubt in the flash stream of being yep. able to strike in there and couldn't figure out an angle into that mark right yep. it's oh this is hard it's <laughs> how many billions of dollars are you going to burn on on VR headsets before you wave the flag of, oh, this is hard. <laughs> I will say, I think part of it, you know, if we're going to look at to the metaverse Facebook of it all, I think a big part of the problem is, is I don't think Mark Zuckerberg is that smart. No, <laughs> I don't think I he's agree. as smart as he thinks he is. Agreed. But the difference is, is anyone who's run Apple, like, other than Jobs, who got kicked out, those, like, <laughs> Those people have like built careers elsewhere. They've done things. Yep. They weren't mm -hmm. a teenager who just all of a sudden had the biggest company on the planet. Or a trust fund baby like Elon Musk. I wasn't even gonna get to him. Like that's a separate <laughs> fucking but I bring I say that for the simple I, fact that I know how our listeners think and I know the type of messages I get. Okay. I mean, if you want that, the other side of it is Elon Musk just 
is allowed to ignore laws. Well, like yeah. it's real easy to have a better company when you just ignore the laws and no one punishes you. I have a self-driving car. Is that allowed? Shh. Yeah. <laughs> no. People are dying. Doesn't matter. <laughs> They're like, fabricating those model. results. That's even Facebook's model, right? Like the Rohingya genocide is because Facebook didn't care. Hmm? It's just, I mean, you know, people in North America don't tend to care because do you know where the Rohingya genocide was? I imagine Rohingya. <laughs> but Cambridge Analytics, even that, like, but even more serious because you're talking about genocide, people's lives, right? Not even their politics. Yeah. Sickening. <laughs> but, and that's what I'm saying, right? Like Elon Musk is such a like, he's such a dumb, it's like Uber, right? It's like people are like, Uber's such a smart company. Like, no, it's not. It was just, it's just cabs with an app. The app is good, but the app isn't why they make money. They make money because they pay people less. They don't have to worry about car insurance or health insurance. They make but money because they don't have to follow the law. It all sidestepped regulation and regulation yeah. can't catch up to it because it's using technology as a leverage point. And it's just a matter of time before the legislators get involved and start going, hmm, maybe we should go back to taxis. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing. If Uber had come in and was like, what are the cab regulations? We'll comply with cab regulations. They just aren't a viable company. Yeah. And you can make the position that the regulations are out of date. And if you look yeah. at New York cabs, sure. But we did come up with those regulations for a reason. Yeah. And, they, and you can see it in the court cases against Uber for raping. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Or, well, or Airbnb for just, the number of like insane things there. With and it's Uber, like, yeah, we washroom made cams. For a reason. <laughs> with Uber, define a contract worker and what, who's liable to what. Mm -hmm. Well, and I mean, I think that's part of the reason. Like, I am, I am surprised California, they won prop. What was it? Prop two twenty there. But, like, so much of modern companies that are successful, it's like, yeah, it's the rules aren't being enforced. And yep. you, if you say that's smart business, it's like then you just think like cheating should be allowed. And oh, it's that, just like that's a dangerous thread to start pulling on. It's just like politicians and rich people. Well, we 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 don't pay taxes. Well, that just means we're smart. No, <laughs> it means yeah. you don't pay taxes. Like Elon Musk gets more subsidies than any other company in existence, basically. Yeah, and yeah, still is like, and again, like is helping Russians kill Ukrainians. So cool. here's the thing, right? Like with Elon Musk specifically and his enterprise, like Tesla. Uh, his biggest enterprise, Tesla. Maybe it's not his business biggest, to be fair, but the one where everyone talks about, put it that way. Sure. Uh, the majority of the money that it, it makes isn't from selling cars. It's from selling the subsidies it gets awarded to other yeah. companies for yeah. their green violations <laughs> around North America and other parts of the world because their cars don't do that. So they get those subsidies there, and then they forward them on, right? And, and they and just... yeah. And he's Not given subsidies, ignoring the environmental degradation of of lithium mining, yeah, or the yeah. recyclability of of like all of this. But anyway. that's uh, a uh, uh, yeah. That being said, the disruptors will emerge, and a new industry will come about, hopefully, yeah, and save the planet. Yeah, I mean, again. not if they can just keep getting squashed, because that's the problem, right? Is that's why we yeah. still have Facebook? Is because every time a disruptor tries to come out, they just buy them. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works, though. That That's literally how the tech industry has been working for years and continues to work for years and will continue to work for years, just like VR and and, and the metaverse. We're going to keep trying. We're going to keep trying. We're going to keep trying. And maybe one day, maybe one day we'll get it. Maybe we won't. But I'm sure we'll have this exact same episode in two years time saying, so we spent another 40 billion a year and we are no closer. But. Yeah, here's the well, thing. You know what, though? Here's the thing also, and this is going to be my final point. And I'm going to okay. wrap up my my portion of this with this. That's this. You know, I've always talked about tech companies and the pressures on tech companies about innovation, right? People like buzzwords. And I think that a lot of this just has to do with keeping, quote unquote, innovation high within a tech company to show your investors that you're putting money somewhere, that you're thinking of the future, that you're inventing something reinventing mm. the wheel whatever that is that keeps investors and uh analysts and the market happy and uh, that's pretty much where we're at tyler what are your final thoughts i think you're entirely right boris and that's what i was trying to say is like there's there's a whole separate industry of people just like just hyping that train hyping hyping it up phil my final thoughts thoughts are i'm waiting thoughts. for the vita too <laughs> yeah. come on sony vita two time right all right phil keep on doing this that time of week all right hopefully i don't screw it up like i did last week speed read everybody you can find us at www.itscanonpodcast.com you can track us down on instagram twitter and facebook at it's canon podcast you can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com you can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, Patreon.com slash SNME Radio. Really, anywhere you find podcasts, you're going to find the It's Canon Podcast. And if you like what you hear, maybe tell a friend and uh, subscribe and leave a like if possible on the platform. We thank you for spending the time with us this week. We thank you indeed, and you are listening to the It's Canon Podcast, a podcast where we talk about all things geek. We talk about things like movies, games, books, VR, tech, anything and everything. And guys, do you know what the best part of it all is? Murders? Alcantara. Oh, maybe it's in podcast. It's in podcast. It's all in podcast. There we go. I screwed there it up. We go. All right. It's all in canon, folks. He's Phil. He's Tyler. Thank you for listening. And as always, stay tranquilo. <laughs>